BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cash back. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. What's good? Welcome back to another episode of DX Daily. This podcast is brought to you by Hip Hop DX. And here's where we keep you updated on everything that's going down in hip hop music culture. I'm one of your lovely hosts, music lover, music appreciator, cultural savant, if you will, Asia Sky. And I'm your other lovely host, hip hop aficionado, A-Dub. And we have a super special guest with us today, uh, a man who plays so many roles, like we're gonna go down the list during this episode, but his newest role is president of Asylum Records. We got Dallas Martin in the building. What's good y'all, how y'all doing? Great, welcome, welcome to the show. We are glad to have you. Let's jump right in. How do you feel about this new role as president of Asylum Records? Congratulations, first of thank all. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I mean, it, you know, first and foremost, it's just it's, it's just an honor to be able to, you know, take on a label like Asylum that had, you know, so much success in the past and be able to kind of revamp it. And, you know, me being like a young black executive, it means a lot for, you know, the opportunity, you know what I'm saying? Because I know they're far and few between, but, I'm excited about all our new artists, man. I'm excited to be able to kind of lead a company and, you know, just give the culture, you know what I'm saying, what they want, really. Okay, so how did it come about, though? Like, how did you even get into this role? Did you did you fill out an application? Did you already <laughs> nah, know? <laughs> nah, so I've been at Atlantic Records for like 10 years, and I've had tons of success at Atlantic. And Atlantic's um, parent company is Warner Music Group. And under Warner Music Group, you have Atlantic, Warner Brother Records, Elektra, and um, Asylum. So Asylum is like a small, smaller label, it's more like an incubator system where they sign, you know, developing acts, um, you know, for basically to get upstream to one of the majors at the label. So they're giving me the opportunity to kind of run that and spearhead that. So I still will be playing my role at Atlantic as the EVP of A&R, but also now um, the president of Asylum and revamping it with Gabby Peluso. Got you. Okay, so you're still at Atlantic too. I didn't know that part. Yeah, okay. so I'm able, I'm able to upstream artists, my bad. I'm able to upstream artists um, to myself at Atlantic once we get them hot at Asylum. Okay, wow. Yeah, so it's a dope opportunity. Yeah, so, okay, the success from Atlantic is what allowed you to be president of Asylum, but how did you even get into the door at Atlantic in the first place? Yeah, so when I was in um, college, I um, interned at Def Jam uh, for Shakir Stewart, and, um, you know, I interned for a couple years for free. I um, eventually got an opportunity to um, become an A&R at Def Jam, but it was short-lived. Like, I was there for, like, a year because Shakir passed away, so I didn't really have a relationship like that with LA, you know what I'm saying? So 
it was kind of, I was kind of in a space where like I put in all this work for one person that, you know, kind of knew all my strengths and everything. And um, he passed away. So then I was like put in a situation where I had to develop relationships with people that at the time it was just really hard to do because, you know, Def Jam was a, a major powerhouse label at the time. So, you know, you had A&Rs like DJ Khaled, Tricky and Dream and um, Lenny. It was just like tons of just superstar talent in the A&Rs. So I kind of was overlooked and um, I really didn't have a voice and um, I was let go after my first year because I wasn't able to deliver a project for them. And um, that's how I got my start in music. Then um, from there, the stories, it, I took a year off, like just kind of getting myself back on track, um, getting, you know, waiting for my next opportunity. Then I was hired by Atlantic Records a year later. Wow. Yeah. Now so that's a lot to unfold in that, but I try to put it in the, as much as I could for y'all. Got you. Yeah, no, you did a pretty good job summing that up. Ada, <laughs> did you have some? Um, I was going to say, like, okay, from the internship at Def Jam, like, what yeah. kind of, like, kicked off to, like, okay, you want to be in music, doing something with music? Um, I think I saw something where, like, maybe it was, like, artistry, and you didn't think about, like, being an A&R. You didn't know that was a possibility, like, a job role. So, like, what was the very beginning before that part? Yeah, so, like, I I'm from Flint, Michigan, and, um, you know, I always just love music and, you know, all my peers really just played basketball, was in the streets and stuff like that. But I was just, I just always had a passion for music. And um, when I was coming up, I couldn't rap or nothing and I couldn't sing, but I was like, damn, I really want to be a part of music and shit. So I was trying to figure out like what some of these other people did. So I would see like Puff, Irv Gotti, um, Master P, all these people, Baby and everybody. So I'm like, yo, what they do? Cause they don't always be rapping. Like it seemed like they're on the business side. So I started educating myself in high school um, what an A&R was. And I was like reading books and stuff. And I was like, oh shit, I think this is what I really want to do. And, um, you know, I just really start kind of learning the key players in the game, all the people that I would need to know that, you know, once I met them, they would give me my shot. You know what I'm saying? So my goal from high school was just to get to Atlanta so I could figure out how to break into the music business. Now, could you break that down for people real quick, what an A&R actually is? Because for people that think, oh, I'll, I have to be a rapper, or I have to be able to sing, and yeah. that's the only way I can make it in music, or I can get rich, or whatever the case is. Like, what is an A&R? What does an A&R do? And what's the importance of an A&R? So an A&R is somebody from the label who, um, you know, um, scouts talent, finds talent, um, once you find the talent, you sign them, but then you have to, the next step is actually developing them. So that's putting them with the right producers, songwriters, giving them opportunity to make hit records. Then from the label side, what they want from you is to be able to figure out how to get hit records on your artists, stay within a budget, deliver a, um, a hit record and an album from your artists. So you're like the middleman. You're like the liaison between the artist and the, um, the label. Okay summed up perfectly now that's a perfect segue into some of the artists that you've been responsible for signing and bringing to the label and bringing to the forefront in music yeah um so when i was at def jam um shakir he signed rick ross and young jeezy so i developed a strong relationship with rick ross because um the building where i interned at in atlanta that's where he made his first two albums so um, I built a real dope relationship with Rick Ross. So when I got my opportunity again, when Atlantic Records hired me, at the time it was Warner, it was Warner Brothers, but they merged us into Atlantic. 
Um, I called Rick Ross and I was just telling him like, yo, man, I really want you to bring May back over here, you know, and I think this could be a good home for her because like we're just starting out and you, you would get all the attention with your artists. And I think this is a place you would want to be. And um, at the time, Joey IE and Ty Moskowitz were my bosses over there. And um, shit, I took Ross to meet them. And from there, we worked out a situation and we, and we did the Maybach deal like two weeks later. Wow. Yeah. So you're telling us that the reason we got tears of joy from <laughs> Ross is really, it's really because of you. I mean, listen, Rick Ross is probably one of the best. Like, he, he really taught me a lot on the A&R side, like Rick Ross is very talented when it comes to the music, you know what I'm saying? So um, I'm more responsible for all the artists that were on MMG, you know what I'm saying? At this time, Rick Ross is at the height of his career. So, you know, he kind of was in a place where you couldn't really tell him much because he was just so, he was so good, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, Meek Mill and Wale were like my first two projects that I worked on. So basically you're telling us dreams and nightmares. We every the song we rap in the club every weekend is because yeah. we got you. Okay. Sure, for sure. I was like <laughs> and um Lotus Flower Bomb was like the first record me and Wale did. Yeah. Oh so. wow. Yeah. So, yeah, so that was dope. It was a good start. Classic start. Yeah. It was, a little, it was little more than good. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about this this new feature in Rolling Stone that you have after you got the president of Asylum. Uh, yeah. role that you stepped into. What was your reaction to that? What does that mean to you to be featured in Rolling Stone? I mean, listen, I mean, shit, that's everybody dreams to be in a big publication like that, you know, just being acknowledged for what you do. Um, man, it's really just a blessing. Um, but it, I mean, it all comes because I got a lot of dope. I got a dope team that I work with at Asylum. I have incredible artists that are busting their ass every day, you know what I'm saying? Trying to um, you know, really make their way in the music game and, you know, do take the steps they need to be successful and just those hours in the studio and everything, you know, just makes you feel, you know, like everything's worth it, like the hard work is paying off. Who was the first person you told? First person you called? Like, your what mama. was your you immediate Call mama, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> call my mom. You know, my fiance was in the house, she saw, but I called my mom. My mom was the first person I hollered at about it. Wow. Yeah. So that was dope. She loved that. A little bragging things for her friends and shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, she gonna talk about that forever. Guess what my baby did? My baby <laughs> stone, so. right. Absolutely. That's what's up. Absolutely. Now, speaking of Asylum, what are your goals for the label and as far as building up the artists that are currently on the Asylum roster? Um, I think one of my, my um, biggest goals is to like work with artists that um, are just truly talented that don't have like just big streams that I'm not really going to chase into everything from analytics that everybody else is chasing. Um, I'm honestly meeting people if they have like the talent that I feel that they could be successful working with them, help developing them and just really you know like taking changing some people's lives, taking people to the next level and just um, creating some superstars and you know just creating a wave man over here man like I, I love our team it's like a small knit group so it's like everybody works hard everybody wants to see each other win everybody is positive um and it's just it's just a good place to be hmm. are there so, like certain things that you look for when like um signing or picking an artist like compared to like somebody who has potential and you can like tweak it and work on them or would you rather like somebody who's got it all together and you just kind of like help it or put your name on it, put your little backing, like what's- what Everything's different. I, I go for both, you know what I'm saying? Like um, I've, I've had artists that were 
pretty tightened up and I knew like they just needed the right producer or songwriter to link with and they would be off to the races. Or some people that know, you know, they still trying to find themselves, trying to find their sound. But my biggest thing is like when I'm going to look for artists, I try to assign what is different from what everybody's doing right now. So once I see people going a certain way with music and I feel like a lot of it's starting to sound the same and like twins and babies and everybody else, not like the babies a little bit, like people just trying to sound the same. I try to go the different route, you know what I'm saying? And try to find somebody that has a sound that's different and unique from what's going on in the marketplace. Speaking of that, did you hear T-Pain's rant recently about artists and their music all sounding the same? Yeah, I, I agree with him to a certain extent, but there's a lot of artists that you got like the Don Tolliver, you got, you got a lot of people out there that definitely sound different, but the majority of people do sound alike. And, you know, it just comes from, you know, kids being inspired by some of these artists and, you know, that's all they see every day on the, on the TV and on the, on the YouTube. So they, they're just trying to figure it out. Yeah, we had a discussion about it on the podcast yesterday, like a, the difference in being inspired by an artist versus copying the sound yeah. of an artist. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. a lot of people, a lot of people are not original, you know what I'm saying? So, and it's just easy for people to make songs these days, like anybody can make a record. So it's just tons and tons and tons, like just oversaturation at this point. Now let's talk about the assign uh, the the lineup of artists at Asylum right now. Like who's on the roster? Who's the starting lineup over there? Y'all got right now? Yeah, so we got Sada Baby. Um, we got Ken the Man that I'm super excited about. Um, we got this kid named Jay Lyle um, from Indiana. Indiana, that's incredible. Um, Jason Cash from Carson. He just put out a song Priority Feature and Blast. That's really really special. We got Bush Dawson. Um, we have a few people, man. I'm super excited. We got a couple artists that I'm in the middle of signing right now that I'm gonna be so excited to announce in the few next couple of weeks that is super is gonna add some more value to our label. So, you know, everything right now I feel like are, are gonna be household names within the next year. Right. And yeah. these artists that you've selected on your label, because you've named some some you name people whose music we know and enjoy. Like, what did you see in each of these artists or in some of these artists, like Asada Baby or Ken the Man? Mm -hmm. When they get in the studio, they know how to make a song. They, they know what they want. They hustle. They go hard. Ken the Man will go shoot her own videos and come back with finished product, you know what I'm saying, on her own, on top of what we do. So artists like that who just want it, those are artists I like working with. They don't really try to blame everybody else. They, like, go out there and get it, you know what I'm saying? And a lot of the artists that I love to work with, um, they're just really talented. You know what I'm saying? Like they don't take three days to make a song. They like, they all have like just incredible writing skills and they all have like uh, that chip on their shoulder that we all need if we want to be successful. Exactly. Yeah. Now did you uh, find uh, some of those people like through social media or like they were out about it, like um, pop-up shows or showcases? Like how do you go about like either hearing their music or searching for these people? No, nah, that's a good question. So when I was coming up, it was those things like open mics, Instagram. Well, not in the beginning. It was just like really internet, figuring out stuff um, and those kind of things. But over the years, I built so many relationships with songwriters, producers, managers, lawyers. I get the opportunity to get people to call me and be like, yo, check this out. This person really wants you to work with them and things like that. So I get a lot of things from people that I respect that are tastemakers in the industry that's sending me that 
they give me an opportunity to kind of see stuff before it really hits the streets. Mm, got you, got you. So if an artist wanted to find you or get their music heard by you, how would they go about that? Well, the good thing too, now I have a whole team of people, you know what I'm saying, that I promote all the time on my Instagram that um, you know, are like my A&Rs, my people that are in the streets for me. So I would really suggest they talk to them because getting to me is just too much on my plate right now. I'm more so trying to run a company. So I have a lot of people out there that's kind of my ears and eyes right now. Okay. All right. So don't don't run up to Dallas in the street, you guys. Please don't. USB drive with your music on it. Right. Please don't. But I listen to everything though. So whatever people bring to me, I check it out though. You know what I'm saying? That's dope. That's dope. Can we talk about album rollouts real quick? Because this has been a discussion recently, like some of the best and worst album rollouts that we've seen. Like, for example, this rollout that Tyler, the creator, just did was super dope to me. Like he had the billboards up. He had numbers you could call in to hear snippets. Yeah. Oh, that's dope. Yeah. So that was a, a creative rollout. Like what's one of the best rollouts you've been able to do or that you've seen uh, throughout your career? Man, I mean, damn, that's a good question. Um, wow. Um, I feel like Drake always does a good job with his rollouts. I think whenever he, him and Kendrick, I think they're super just good at like, when they come and it's like, they, it's like the world stops, you know what I'm saying? Like they have everything set up. They have all their, their content shot. They got their tour lined up, you know what I'm saying? So I think they're really, they're really good at that. Um, I think Rihanna, always has a flawless rollout when she drops music. You know, just some of the, some of the bigger people. I think um, more of the new artists, they don't give people enough time to set up their rollouts because they're kind of rushing to put their music out. So they really just want to get their music out fast. But I think once you get to a certain level, you could turn get your music ready and, and get your all your content shot, your video set up, your tours lined up and things like that when you really have a, a, a flawless plan. I think it's interesting you picked uh, Kendrick and Rihanna, and they're like the main two who don't put no music out ever. <laughs> Drake does a good job now, like putting yeah. and stuff, but I guess that's why we like when they do roll out something because we don't expect it. Like, yeah, exactly. So. Exactly. Okay, so we touched rollouts earlier. You mentioned that you were from Flint, Michigan. So yeah. I have to ask you top five artists out of Michigan. Top five artists out of Michigan. Wow. I've never been asked that. That's a good question. So I would have to say Eminem, Big Sean. Damn. Can I put a group in there? David Family. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, let me see. Um, Royce the Five Nine. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, let me see if I'm missing anybody. Let me think. Um... Damn, that's a good one. <laughs> oh yeah, Obi Trice, he was hard. Wow, Obi Trice is dope for He's sure. It's funny you you. Oh, it's not a baby. It's not a baby. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting to see if you was gonna say him, but you kept it all on rap too. That's the interesting thing because I thought yeah. you was gonna throw some other one, other genres in there. I thought Madonna, you Madonna's from Michigan. Who? Madonna. Oh, Madonna. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You, you didn't even you didn't even mention baby girl. Which one? Oh, oh which yeah. One? Oh yeah, Leah. Yeah, I gotta. I, that's a that's a big apology on me. Leah is definitely in there for sure. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. But that's that's a, a, that's a solid top five though. 
Absolutely. That, Aaliyah, for sure. She's in there. We had to bump somebody out. <laughs> now, while we're on your faves, favorite album that you've been a part of in your career? Man, I would have to say Nipsey's Victory Lap. Mm. And it's because the process it took it took it took like three years for him to do it but it was because he really knew what he wanted to do and he was like the best person to ever work with like you meet like a lot of people in this music business that you don't really like you know what i'm saying you don't want to be friends with it's just really just business and music and it's whatever we just go our separate ways but like nipsey was somebody really solid in my life that you know i could we talked about other things outside of music you know what i'm saying just trying to push the culture forward. And, uh, you know, this just from it coming out only doing 59,000 records first week to becoming a classic album, it was because all the preparation and what we put into it, like, you know what I'm saying? So that was definitely one of the ones that I really would consider um, my favorite ones to be a part of, for sure. But I'm still mad about the Grammy snub, so don't get oh, me man. started. Because I could be, I could be too mad either, because I'm in the um in the suite at with Atlantic or whatever, and Cardi B won, so I was like, damn, I couldn't be, mm. couldn't be that upset. But yeah, we we um we still got one though for Racks in the Middle, so you know, it's all good. But now you're part of like the voting member of the Grammys. I saw that on your Instagram too. So like, congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, I'm excited for that because, you know, um, like I said, um, a lot of people always, um, you know, complain about people not getting votes and but nobody registered to be a part of none of these things or figure out how to get on these um, these voting boards. You know what I'm saying? So I was like trying to channel my energy into figuring out what I could do to help change it. That's dope. Is it a tough process or like? You have to, you have to be, you have to have certain, um, requ certain requirements to be a part of it. So you have to, you know. You got to be a big stepper to get on the board. <laughs> you got to win, you got to win some things. <laughs> you got to have a couple of plaques on your wall behind you <laughs> while you're on the Zoom interview with Hip Hop DX is what he's saying. Right. Hip Hop DX, man, I'm fucking with y'all. Y'all ask good questions. <laughs> Thank you, thank you. And I, I wanted to ask about something you mentioned earlier, which was basically like signing people off of streams and analytics versus like raw talent. What do you think yeah. about rappers and musicians being signed off of clout versus talent? Like, what, what's your take on that? I mean, listen, whatever you gotta do to get your money, you know what I'm saying? I, I'm really, you know, I don't knock nobody hustle. Um, but I've I never been into gimmicks. I never signed the artist because they got mad Instagram followers and things like that. To me, it's always been about the art of the music and, you know, having timeless music and, you know, being here for a long time. Like, I like to sign career artists. So, the, like, the one-hit wonder things, I, I just don't get into. Like, I want to really know that you have a real um, vision for what you want your career to be. All right, so I want to just ask, all right, this is going to be, I know this is going to be hard. It's an expansive list of things you've been involved in, um, um, but top moment of your career thus far, like the moment you just look back on and you like, yo, like this, this was it. This was it for me. Um, I would say winning a Grammy was super dope. Um, because it was with Nipsey and an artist that 
I just signed, which was Roddy Rich. And he was still kind of in the early stages of his, um, you know, his process. Then the success of the box. Let's talk about the the records that that broke. You had Roddy had these people out here. Number one, he's um, nine million sold. He's supposed to be in diamond on it. So, you know, that from an artist that, you know, I worked with, like I signed him when he had 3000 followers, you know what I'm saying? So for him to go from that stage and then two years later be one of the biggest artists in the world, you know, I think that's just just amazing. It's amazing. He had Taylor Swift fans out here teaming up like Voltron trying to stream the record so he wouldn't be number one. Justin Bieber, Selena Gomez. It was like three weeks in a row, the biggest pop stars. Selena. Yeah, that's man. That was crazy. Um, We have a Roddy album on the way can we get the ballpark time frame on that what, what's going on with that he's very he's one of those artists if i say some shit right now he'll call me and like why you tell them my release date so <laughs> <laughs> but let's just say it's gonna be sooner than later mm, okay. okay yeah yeah for sure for sure. Headline: dallas martin announces body rich album release <laughs> on dx daily thank you for that <laughs> sooner than later for sure uh, any of the other artists uh, that are on Asylum, do they have any projects coming out? Anything we need to go be stri- go stream right now? Hey, Jay Lyle needed back featuring Ty Dolla, Jason Cass featuring Blast Priority, Sada Baby featuring Big Sean. All that's out right now. Ken the Man's just shot an amazing video today. She about to drop a, a few new records that I'm excited about. Butch Dawson about to drop a record. So. We got a lot of good stuff in the um in the works right now, so I'm excited about our team and what we got going on. Thank you so much, Dallas. We thank you guys for having me, man. You guys were great, man. I appreciate y'all. Yes, thank you so much for your time. If any of your artists want to come through, jump on the podcast. You know, we are a platform that is available to you guys. For sure, for sure. Is extended, so thank you so much. A big shout out to Asylum. Thank you guys. Big shout out to the publicist of the year, publicist of the year, Michael. He's yes, a beast. He the one that got me in Rolling Stone, so he's a beast, so, you know what I'm saying? Come on, Michael. Yeah. You know he's been saying, he's coordinated with us these past five attempts to get this interview done. I'm I know so he probably got some rosé behind the screen right now, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's how my dog get down. I love but, it. Um, I love the vibe. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank Michael. Thank you guys for having me. We appreciate you. It's DX right. Daily.